What up, what up, what up, sports heads, and welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. I am one of your hosts, Cowboy. Hey, fellas. What it do, KC? Lee 86 in the building, baby. What's going on, sports heads? DB's 1492, live and direct, coming through uh, the audio speakers. Hold on, man. Don't don't interrupt my intro like that, bro. I, I, I am sorry, man. Go ahead. Oh, you already fucked it up, man. Yeah, man. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Uh, right, we're going to go ahead and kick it off while her name is fresh in my head. Miss Shikari Richardson, the Olympic track star. I believe she is running in a 100-meter uh, 100 uh, uh, competition part in the Olympic. I, I believe that's what her, her uh, main uh, – position was in uh, the Olympics. But anyway, the young lady got suspended uh, after being accepted to the Olympics for uh, marijuana, which I think is a damn shame. Uh, She was going through some things in her personal life with her mother passing and things like that. She's 21 years old and will now not be allowed to run within the Olympics. They did give her a 30-day suspension. Like I said, they took away her 100-meter run that she's supposed to do. And she's supposed to run in another relay, and they took that away from her. <coughs> she will no longer be competing in Tokyo Olympics. Fellas, what are you guys' thoughts on Miss Richardson? Yeah, um, it's just unfortunate. Um, like you were saying, Cal, you know, um, for Miss Richardson to, you know, not be able to compete and, um, you know, show her talents as the, um, you know, as a young African American um, U.S. Olympian athlete, um, it's very unfortunate. I do think it sucks. You know, um, considering all the circumstances that she lost her mother and everything, um, I totally understand that. You know, um, so many countless athletes. You know, Patrick Mahomes and others. Like, you know, just let her run. I feel like that as well. You know, but we know it's not going to happen. It's just unfortunate. Um, I do, you know, keep her family in prayers and everything for her losing her mother and things of that nature. I know how that is, and I know how that feels. That that that's that that's something you just don't swallow and get over with mm-hmm. overnight. Um, losing a mother, um, but it's just unfortunate, man. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with the notion. You know, everyone's saying, "Oh, we're not going to tune into the Olympics." You know, I'm, I'm not with that notion because there's still young African Americans, you know, that have worked countless hours, you know, to get to this point where they're at. You know, they still need support as well, um, just because Shakar and Richardson is not qualified to partake in these Tokyo Olympics, um, you know, there's still other um, minority, you know, athletes partaking in these Olympics as well. It just sucks because it was so much build up with <laughs> Flojo 2.0, I think, and Shikari Richardson, <laughs> you know, so I, I wanted to see her run and partake, but it's just unfortunate, man. That's my take on it. Yeah, I share your guys' uh, sentiment on this uh, unfortunate uh, circumstance or situation. But I will say that I guess the rules are the rules. I was listening to this other podcast. I forgot which one it was. But they made a good point of bringing up that even though the United States as a whole is is more lenient now on their, uh, I guess, marijuana – as far as it being legal, even though, you know, people are still in jail for it in certain states or whatever, as far as the world goes, um, depending on, you know, whatever country, that's still a banned substance. And I guess in that in that comparison, I could see why the Olympics have their rules and you can't do it, even though I think the rule is stupid and I don't think that it's an enhancement of a drug, if anything, I think it does the opposite, but 
I understand why she did what she did, but I guess you just have to live with the consequences of your actions. But it's just very unfortunate that she can't run. But I just want your guys' thoughts on possibly what I said of, you know, other countries, you know, banding the uh, the leaf, you know, uh, the marijuana leaf, you know, and uh, what your guys' thoughts on that as far as the even playing field if other countries, you know, don't see it as, uh, you know, see it as legal. Yeah, um, just to kind of, you know, piggyback off of that. Um, it's not going to be a full-fledged, just, you know, something that's legal um, across uh, across the nation. It, it, it's not. Um, other countries, like I said, um, are going to still be in a banned status, you know, when it comes to marijuana. Um, it, it's just not going to be the land of the free when it comes to the tree. Um, <laughs> and I get that, but, um, you know, um, some states, um, some countries, I, you know, it is what it is. It's thumbs up. But like you were saying, Beats, um, it's, you know, it, it, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be at arm's reach and available in in, in most spot in most places. It just isn't, and you know that's just something you have to accept. We've been accepting it this long and coming to grips with it this long, so it is what it is. Uh, me personally, I just think it's a stupid rule. Uh, kind of like what B said, it's a downer. It's not like a performance enhancement type drug. Uh, she was mourning her mother, and I just think you know she's 21 years old. I think the 30 day suspension was good enough, and she should have been allowed to run. I mean, in my eye, but like you guys said, other countries do ban that substance and things like that to me. But it's it's just it's just dumb. I was really rooting for her. I actually watched her qualifying matches and all that, and the girl got some speed. It would have been nice to see her. Uh, participating she was running for a purpose for a family and it just uh it really sucks man uh to make a long story short but uh i have one more question on this just real quick so with this her being suspended or is she is she kind of like banned or is it like what's the timetable for for a possible return because i'm not uh well, within that realm of knowing of what what, what that I, is what, what I thought it was, they gave her a 30-day suspension. And when her 30 days was lifted, she was able to rejoin the Olympic team, not in her primary relay, but in another relay uh, on the team. I think it was like a – I can't – I'm not familiar with the, the track terminology, but I know she ran the 100-yard relay, and she was supposed to join the team. Her primary relay was the 100-yard relay. And she was going to join the team on another uh, relay. But they took that away, too, as well. So she can no longer – she's not participating in this Olympics at all. So when the next Olympics roll around four years from now, or she'll be, what, 24, 25? Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be our next shot then at it. Yeah, that'll be our next shot. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, she's yeah. totally uh, wiped Damn. out of the Tokyo. Tokyo. And like I said, there's so many people that were, you know, um, myself um, and countless others, you know, was expecting to see her run. Like I said, um, just a little tidbit earlier, you know, a lot of people were looking at her, you know, to see some of the magic that, you know, Flojo had had, you know, Florence, Florence Griffith Joyner, um, how precise she was when she ran, Um in the Olympics and things of that nature. So it just sucks. But while we're on the Tokyo Olympics, did you guys see the U.S. men's basketball team lose last night to Nigeria, 90 to 87? They lost their first exhibition match. My question is, do you guys think this U.S. men's basketball team is up to the par to – to, to really bring the gold home or is this team going to fizz, fizzle out because they lost to Nigeria. So, you know, I, 
I, I, I just want you guys' take on that. Just kind of shifting gears a little bit from Shikari, standing in the Rams of the Olympics with this U.S. basketball team. Uh, I think uh, – I don't think it's nothing to panic about. I'm surprised they lost to Nigeria. That's pretty uh, funny. I guess they got some hoopers over there. I didn't see the game. But uh, I didn't think it was televised, was it? I don't think so. But yeah, it's uh kind of kind of funny to me. I mean, but I don't think it's nothing to panic. It's pretty early. Yeah. Shouts out to the motherland, I guess you could say. <laughs> I have nothing to add on that. You guys uh handle that very well. Uh yeah. I don't think it's nothing to panic though. I mean, it's just an exhibition game. Now, if they start losing some more games, then maybe. You, I, I want you to pose that question again. Yeah, we'll see how it goes when it, when it. Well, like I said, but these qualifying matches do matter. So, all these games matter. These because uh, if they have a what well, a losing record in the qualifying, they don't advance to the Olympics, right? I believe is that so, correctly. So. I believe that it is like that because I remember one year. Uh, they was losing in the qualifying match, then they didn't uh, make it to the Olympics. So I, I think well, these games do matter. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of crazy they lost to Nigeria. I didn't know Nigeria had some balls like that. Well, I guess you take it back. I mean, because it is some African players in the league. Um, but I didn't know they was balling like that because you got Durant on that team, uh, Tatum, uh, uh Got some balls on that team. Uh, yeah, uh, Lily. <laughs> and maybe it's gonna take them a few games to gel together, too. So I don't think it's nothing to really quite shrug your shoulders at quite yet. Yeah. And Nigeria actually actually put down, I think, like 28 threes in that game. Them boys. Them boys were shooting lights out, and I think that's what that's what kind of took took USA by storm. Like, oh man, these dudes is yeah, assassin assassinating behind this three point line. You know, put twenty eight threes down, and them boys could shoot. So, yeah, there, there was just a little tidbit on that. I just seen US, you know, men's USA basketball team lost to Nigeria. So, like I said. Shots out to the motherland. Good point, good point, Lee. I thought that's totally I think that this morning. That's totally flew over my head. Good point. Uh but let's go on into some Frank Clark news. We kind of delved into it last time. And I'm kind of happy that we did kind of wait a little bit because new news has came out about Mr. Clark. Uh looks like he's being charged with the assault rifle and is facing up to three years in jail due to having this assault right. So, guys, what do you think of uh, Frank Clark's future as a chief? And what do you guys think about him maybe potentially doing some jail time? Um, when it comes to him doing jail time, that's not going to happen. Um, he's going to take some type of plea. You know, um, I don't think it, it, it's going to be, you know, I don't, I don't see him doing any jail time behind this because I still stick with the stance of when this was originally reported, I thought it was actually just Frank Clark isolated, you know, getting pulled over by himself, but it was some passengers in the car as well. I still stick with that. Um, I don't now, it, now it, it's getting tricky now because you know, if it was quote unquote your bodyguard, your bodyguard hasn't came out and said anything yet. You've been formally charged um, with with the possession of this Uzi. Um, this is where it gets tricky at. Um, as far as jail time, stick to the rims of what you asked, Cal. I do not think he was serving in jail time. That's out the window, but. As far as his suspension goes, because the NFL is eyeing this and monitoring it um, very closely, um, I don't know 
he's going to be suspended for some time for this upcoming campaign. Um, and as far as his future with the Kansas City Chiefs, um, I hate to say this, um, the Chiefs just do not deal with riffraff in their organization. Like I said, I, I, I'll go back to Marcus Peters, um, riffraff, Kareem Hunt's riffraff, um, Bashard Breeland, um, who they did not sign back and could have signed him back, um, his riffraff. Um, the Chiefs has just been an organization that shows they do not want all the baggage in their organization. Um, Frank Clark is a staple to this team. We get that. We know that. Um, it just sucks. It just it's, it's just bad timing to me. You know, um, it, 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 it's kind of like the stuff, you know, leading up to the Super Bowl. Um, this stuff with Andy Reid's son that went down. The timing of it was just so bad. And the timing of this is bad. You know, yeah, I know it happened back in March or whatever. People say, well, it happened back in March. But you're talking about a team that's about to, you know, take off and head to training camp and stuff. And now you have the circus around Frank Clark. The timing of it is very bad to me um, with such a staple on that defense. Um, like I said, they, they, they brought in guys, Jaron Reed. Uh, they signed him from Seattle, basically a Frank Clark signing to say, okay, you guys play next together. It just creates a domino effect. Um, I really, at this point, man, I, I'm, my hands are up on this. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how long he will be suspended for by the league. I don't know what the Chiefs will per or are personally going to do as an organization with Frank Clark. I, I really just don't know. But I will just throw this little tidbit in there before Beats hop in on this. I do think that it's with him not being in the car by himself and other people being in there. I do think that you know. It could be that, hey, it was one of their guns or, you know, something like that. But, well, I don't know. We just have to wait and see, man. It, we just have to let let the story just develop. I, I, this is hard to say right now, but I do see him being suspended for for some, some amount of games this year. I really do. I, I agree with you, Lee, on some of that. Uh, where I push back on you is um, – the uh, what was that part that you you said something about? Uh, I don't know why I just lost my train of thought because I just don't want to repeat what you just basically said because I kind of agree with that. Um, as far as the other people being in his car, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's other people in the car and it may be their weapon, but it's his car, and so I I just go back to well, it's in your it's in your car. And it's not like it was on somebody else's person. It was just in the car. So that's, that's why I think the charges will be on him. I do. You did bring up a good point as far as maybe a plea deal to where maybe, you know, maybe somewhere a high probation or maybe if he does sell, do some jail time, it, it'd be for, you know, maybe a year or, you know, maybe a couple months or something like that or I don't know as far as that go, but um, I mean, other than that, I agree with you, especially on the Chiefs front. I know they're going to wait to the possible, to the last possible second to where they can um, cut ties with them so they won't have to, uh, you know, um, lose any money or get some of that money back because they do have a, a lot of uh, cash as far as the salary cap in Frank Park. So he's probably, I think he's the highest player, paid player on the team as far as this year's go, as far as the cap. Because I don't think yeah. Patrick's um, contract kicks in until next year. But, yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't see him being the chief, uh, depending on how this all plays out. Right. I mean, Grinch with all, uh, yeah, you know, Chiefs don't take any bull outside the field. And uh, this is not his first go round with having weapons in his vehicle. 
I agree with Leah totally and beats uh, bad timing. Uh, I know it's more more to life than football, but we really needed you this year and had high expectations for you this year. And uh, for this something like this to happen is unfortunate. I don't know what's going on in his personal life for him to have to have these weapons uh, or whatever. But you know what I'm saying. Um, he is a man, and his thing he, he, he is human. So. Maybe whatever is going on with him outside of football, he can deal with that. And uh, maybe this is something that he needed personally to clear himself up, uh, whatever he got going on. You know, so I don't, don't want to assume. But like I said, this is his second time getting caught with weapons in the car, you know. Uh, and uh, it just really sucks. But uh, I'm just going to look at for I'm just going to look at him more as a man than a football player. I just want him to get, get himself good. And um, hopefully he can bounce back from this. Like I said, uh, he is facing charges. I don't know if he'll really do some jail time. But as for the Chiefs or the NFL, he has not been handed a suspension. And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see uh, Frank Clark in a Chiefs uniform this year at all. Or I'm looking for it. Okay, so with that being said, that leads me to a question I have. I know we don't want to necessarily delve on it too much longer, but. So do you think he shows up to Frank? I mean, not to Frank Godley. Do you think he shows up to training camp? If they allow him to, but uh, or do you t- think they tell him to stay away? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I mean, because like they ain't really, I ain't really heard nothing. They like they the shit. Keeping, it, keeping it real hush hush. And and that's a good question that you pose, Beats, because that will really be that will really be the fine line to this whole situation. If he does not come to camp, if he does not, if he does, if he is not at training camp, then things are going to start getting real, real cloudy. Um, If he is at training camp, I do think there is a glimpse of hope for him to, you know, come back after a suspension like Breland did, which was four games. Breland got suspended for his marijuana ordeal, came back, you know, um, finished out the year with the team strong. Um, hopefully, it's a, I, I, I'm just banking that it's a situation like that. If you're going, if you, if, if he's suspended, you know, four games, six games, or whatever. Hopefully, at some point he can get back on this team and keep the take it back, take it back campaign going with this team. Um, but that's a good question that you have. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But if he is in that camp, I think the Chiefs are more gearing towards like, hey, what do we need to do without 5-5 on this team? But if he is at camp, I do think that is – I give it – I say it will be a 60% chance of him to play at some point in the red and go and get on this field. But – I don't know, man. It's it, it's tricky to have two of these things in a in a year span in a year's time. That's kind of, that's gonna be hard for you to sit down in front of Brett uh, Brett Beach and Andy Reid and uh, and Mr. Hunt, you know, the brass of this organization, and explain that. Um, that's that's a very sticky situation, man. I just hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it was one more thing I was going to say on him, and we can move on. Uh, I just had a brain freeze. Uh, with Frank. Okay, yeah, 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 with Frank. Okay, now we talked about Rashad Breeland, and obviously Kareem Hunt was our uh, workhorse in the running back uh, position at that time of what happened to him. But with Frank Clark, with him being such a big bookend on that defense and the uh, – the amount of money that Chiefs has invested in him. Do you think, let's just say hypothetically, I, I think we're all in agreement that he probably won't be a Chief. But after this season, depending on the productivity that he may have, because he, he probably because he's gonna be playing for a contract at this point. Do you think that it'll be so quick to cut ties with him just from what they have invested in him? It doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter. This cheese brass has showed in the past. Like I said, with the names, I said this before. They don't care how good you are. They don't care what your stats is when you're on that field. Because we've seen that with Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters was the best cornerback in the league when he played with the Kansas City Chiefs. He has obviously fizzled out from that, going to play with Baltimore. He's not He's not up on that platform, in my eyes, no longer. Hasn't been since he's, left, he's, since he's left the Chiefs. The Chiefs cut ties with him. And he was he, he was he was a phenomenal pro bowler, you know, with the Chiefs. They didn't care. Cut ties with him. Kareem Hunt, like we said, our workhorse, you know, made everything gel together and just was a just was an eight ball type of was just an X factor on the field. Chiefs didn't care. You gotta go. Brashard Breland, our our most our most game changing playmaking cornerback, you know. Um who you had on the roster, they don't care. Ain't going to sign you back. Baggage. Got to go. Only thing I'm trying to say is that this team does not care how good you are. They don't care how much money you're making. And they don't care how much of a fan favorite you may be. If you got baggage, you're getting off a lot. So that's why I said, man, this is a sticky situation. It's kind of like how you guys were saying, a next man up mentality. So... I'm not, I, I'm not quick to say Frank Clark is not going to be a chief at some point this year, but you start to scratch your head as far as if he does come out and ball this year. I don't know if the Chiefs uh, extend him um, out any further past this year. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know about that. But I could see him playing at some point this year with the Chiefs, but anything after that? I think the Chiefs are gonna move on. I I I don't know, man. Same here. I don't I don't know either. Um, as far as that goes, but I was just gonna say what let's say if he let's say he doesn't for some reason or another um play this year. And uh do you like what we have behind him? Because I surely don't. I believe you're gonna have to get a Melvin Ingram or Somehow be, rebuild that situation with Justin Houston and bring him back, something yeah. like that. Because, yeah, because I don't like what we have. To me, as far as that defense go, that defense is dependent on getting pressure. And like what you said, with Bashar Breland being gone, I can see our I can see our secondary and linebackers for real getting picked on. Especially if we're not getting no pressure on the quarterback at all. And don't even talk to me about the run game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if, if Frank Clark is not going to be on this team, absolutely, you have to go out and throw, put some push some more money towards Melvin Ingram because between the two names that you just said, Melvin Ingram and Justin Houston, I would uh, I would push a little I would push a bag at Melvin Ingram first. That's no knock against Justin Houston, but I just think Melvin Ingram is a better is better fit at getting at the quarterback more consistently than Justin Houston. I don't know if that bridge is, you know, I don't know if that bridge can be reconstructed, you know, that once was with the Chiefs and Justin Houston. That's where I'm kind of, you know, up in arms with Justin Houston coming back because Justin Houston really did not like how it ended, you know, um, getting let go the first time. So I don't, I don't think that bridge can be reconstructed with Justin Houston. It, if Frank Clark is not going to be on this team, absolutely. Melvin Ingram has to be looked at and Justin Houston as well. Someone is going to have to fit that bill that Frank Clark will leave voided. I totally agree. Well, we were saying it outside the pod. You know, it had to be a Melvin Ingram or like you said, uh, you kind of threw a monkey wrench saying about the uh, um, Justin Houston thing about him rebuilding his bridges with the, the Kansas City Chiefs, if that's possible. But I'm pretty sure he's a he's chasing the ring, so it's kind of a 50-50 with him. But we somebody will have to come in and replace Frank because uh, the whole defensive front is in shambles now. And like I said, this this was a make it or break it year for Frank anyway. So it's it, it's it just crazy, like, 
that he keeps putting himself in this situation because this was a year that was very important for him as a chief career. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I just don't I don't I don't know. I just what what are you doing that you feel that you need a Uzi? That's what I'm saying. Like I, I don't know what's going on within the, the the world of Frank Clark, but it just don't make sense. Yeah, and and, and like you said, you know, uh, if it is your bodyguard, we where they at? You know, why they you know why they why they wasn't with you or whatever. However, it may have went down. I really, you know, I'm trying to get past all the, you know, all the information that has came out. But the big thing, the big thing is, is that I know this. Frank Clark is just not an attribute on that field. He's a staple, um, a, a real big staple in that locker room. Guys look up to him. They, they listen to him and they follow his lead. And that's what kind of that that's what that's what's worrying me. You know, you're going to not you're going to have to not replace him just on the field, but you're going to have to, you you know, you're going to have to worry about that leadership that he brings in the locker room stuff. We don't see him motivating guys to go in and go out and, you know, fight in the trenches and things of that nature Sunday in Sunday out. That's something that you just don't replace, you know, just by throwing money at certain people. Is Melvin is Melvin Ingram going to bring that type of intensity or leadership that Frank had? We don't know. I don't think so. Is Justin Houston? He could be because he was vocal with us before, but he's a little longer in the tooth now. You know, I don't know if he has that same spirit or whatever, but that's something I'm really worried about. The leadership that Frank Clark had with this team and the guys that looked up to him. So it's the timing of it, once again, it's just so bad. And uh, before we move on for Frank Clark, any other Chiefs news you guys want to delve in before we move on? Um, shout out to LDT, man. Um, like I didn't uh, sh- uh, check out the uh, – the SB Awards last night, but he did bring home the uh, humanitarian award. Um, shouts out to LDT, you know, um, for for doing his 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 human due diligence outside the football field, fighting that COVID, the, the COVID pandemic and things of that nature, taking it above football to to, to you know to show his personal you know his personal attributes. Yeah, Beach, were you about to say something? No, I wasn't. Uh, I was just going to say that no, I didn't, but uh, I guess uh, what Lee said about LDT, uh, you know, job well done. Uh, you know, he talked it out last season, took the ultimate sacrifice to uh, fight the, on the front line in, uh, in your home country. And uh, now you're back, you know, trying to win a uh, your job back. So, Good job by you, and uh, yeah. Ditto, ditto, ditto that. All right, uh, we're going to move into some NBA chat. Oh, man, Rachel Rachel Nichols has been put on the shelf, sports heads. Uh, she was on a phone, uh, a phone call that was recorded. Why it was recorded? I don't know. But it was recorded a year ago, and she's on the phone with um, LeBron, LeBron, one of LeBron James' personal advisors, and I'll get to him in a second. Uh, I can't really remember his name, but uh, anybody has seen pictures of this man, he looks like a turtle without a shell. Uh, I don't see how LeBron would allow someone to look like that to advise him. Uh, I don't know what he had on LeBron. I don't, I, don't, I don't get that. But anyway, back to the phone call. They were discussing um, another ESPN uh, analyst. Uh, 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 damn. T- uh, what's it 
uh, Terry Marie, uh, Marie or something like that. And uh, yeah. my bad sports did. Uh, anyway, anyway, they was discussing the phone call and uh, they were saying that she felt that she didn't deserve that finals position last year in the bubble. Uh, it was some racial uh, remarks being made towards uh, Black Lives Matters in the Me Too movement. And uh, Rachel Nichols laughed about the Black Lives Matter, saying she was exhausted from it. And uh, she's tired of talking about it. And she felt that the woman did not deserve the position for that role. So uh, what are you guys' thoughts on Rachel Nichols' comments? And do you think she deserved what she got being suspended from ESPN? She's not fired, but she is suspended. So what do you guys think about Rachel Nichols and the incident with her and LeBron James advising? Um, I'm gonna just say this. Um, yeah, she's been, she was like you said, she has not been fired, but she was suspended from ESPN, and that's rightfully so. Um, I think you could you 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 didn't have to go as far to say you know the black black lives you know the Black Lives Matter movement you know kind of you know um, exhausted you or whatever, because people take that in a whole different context, you know, versus 50 in one hand, you know, 50 in the other, you know, that, that that's going to be a 50, 50 ball type deal where people are going to take that negatively or people are going to just take that as if, okay, she's just speaking her mind. I'm going to just put this out there from a personal standpoint. Um, is she racist? No. I. I've, I've watched Sports Center pretty much all my life, and uh, since Rachel Nichols has been on ESPN Sports Center, whatever, she has never once gave it. Um, ha- she's never once had my antennas up as if oh, this lady could be racist, or she always attacks black players, or or whatever. No, I don't think she's racist. I do think what she said was a little bit drawn out of context, you know, context a little bit, you know. Um, yeah, whatever she said it, it's over with, said and done. But me personally, you know, um, it's whatever. Because the Black Lives Matter, you know, the, the movement, climate of this country, everything is very sensitive. You know, in this country right now, when it comes to that, uh, uh, black folks are still getting killed, things of that nature, you know, uh, by police officers. So I do understand the climate that this country is still in. But when it comes to Rachel Nichols, me personally, no, she doesn't strike me as someone that, you know, <laughs> that is racist or, or anything like that. No. No, 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 no. I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon at all. Did she say something? She probably, she said a little too much at that time. Yes. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, she just had to know, you know, at that time she kind of forgot that the, you know, the movement and the climate of this country is very sensitive. And so you're going to have that. But... (laughs) That, that, that's my take on it. You know, yeah, the, you know, I, you know, Rachel Nichols, you know, she was suspended, which that's warranted. I get that. She's not fired, but, you know, um, it, it is what it is, you know. I mean, hey, you know, they were just giving someone else a shot during that bubble, you know, uh, tele, tele, you know, telegram, you know, giving, giving the, giving the, giving the sister shot. You know, I don't see nothing wrong with that. I just think it was a setup. Like, why even ask her something about that? You know, to make a racial type of platform to where something she's going to have to respond to in that nature and then be recording her. Like, all this stuff just seems so so scripted, so set up. And, you know, it, I don't know. It's, that's my little thing. Go ahead, Kyle. I want to hear your uh, thoughts. Well, to me, man, what you do in the dark comes to light. Uh, to me, no, she doesn't give off those vibes. But she said what she said. And uh, I, I I just think that Rachel Nichols was wrong. Uh 
because like I said, you know, that, that was a personal conversation. So she was saying how she really felt. And that's how she felt about the situation. You know, uh, she didn't, you know, evidently she was over it. Uh, she made the comments, like I said, whoever this, this guy is that LeBron James advisor is, he's not clean in this either. He's just as guilty as her. Uh, they both were uh, uh, throwing out uh, pretty much racial remarks when it came to the situation and, and the Me Too movement. So I, I just found it weird that the phone call was recorded and it's just now coming out. But they were saying that ESPN knew about this phone call. So I, I don't know what's going on, why is what was recorded or whatever like that. But uh, uh, Marie Taylor, I'm sorry I butchered her name earlier, sports says Marie Taylor. Uh, she does deserve a chance. She's very talented. Rachel Nichols, I don't think really can hold a candle to her when it comes to her talent-wise, when it comes to uh, reporting and being a sports analyst. Uh, like I said, I, I don't have any issues with Rachel Nichols, but I just think that was her true colors being shown in that phone call. Uh, I, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to turn the other cheek on her when it comes to this because that should have never been said, especially if you're so, you're just so-called uh, believer in this black life movement. And you all guys both know how I feel about that. I ain't about to go into that. Cause to me, they're, they're just a bunch of ambulance chasers, but it was just wrong. It was uncalled for. She got what she deserved. We do need to move on past it. She did apologize. But like I said, what you do in the dark comes to light. That's pretty much what I got to say on it, man. Yeah. I'm going to be short on this because I haven't actually seen the video. Is there an actual video of this that I can it's actually audio. You said the just audio. the audio? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I guess I'll lean more towards Cal just based off this conversation that we're having because kind of like what he said, I mean, I don't, I, to me, I don't necessarily care how you present yourself when, when people are watching, when you, it's like, like Cal said, it's what you do when nobody, or when you think nobody's watching or when you don't think the cameras are rolling right, and she right. said what she said. So, uh, I get, like he said, she showed her true colors, uh, do it Warren being fired. Probably not, but uh, I guess suspension. I guess that's likely so, but uh, I don't know the other young lady that she's talking about, but I'm glad that ESPN is giving that lady a shot to, uh, you know, uh, report and be a, a journalist and, uh, you know, sports reporter. So, uh, I mean, that's all my little sentiments is on it. I don't have too much because I haven't necessarily seen. I don't want to be – you know, giving out information that I don't even know about, but based on this conversation uh, and what she said, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess she just showed what she really felt in that moment when she felt comfortable to say those things when she thought nobody was listening or recording her or whatever. So, yeah, and that's where, and that's where kind of the fishiness comes in at me, you know, uh, gets me a little bit because what you had said that with all those ESPN cameras and those lights glaring on you, Rachel, or you waited to say it, what you think was just a phone call, a phone conversation, a audio, as we're saying, you know, between you and this other, you and this other human being, you know, but my thing is this, you know, um, it shouldn't be such an uproar about what Rachel Nichols said. <laughs> yeah, what she said was wrong, but we have so many other things. This should be an uproar about all this senseless killing and all these senseless shootings going on in Chicago, Illinois, and across this country. Still, today, okay, it's a problem with, it's a problem, it seems like it's a problem when we have these white officers killing us, young black men or us young black women unnecessarily. OK, that's a problem, but it's not a problem when these it's not a problem with when, when this black on black stuff going on right here in Chicago. Seven little old seven year old babies getting shot over 10 times where their daddy is the targets or something like that. Just senseless, ignorant black on black violence that's going on. That's what the uproar is about. I'm not even really tripping off this Rachel Nichols stuff. Oh. 
my, my heart is still aching over this little six-year-old girl who just got shot over 10 times in Chicago, you know, over the over 4th of July weekend, over 100-something shootings in Chicago. Where the rallies at down there? Where the Black Lives Matter stuff at down there? Yeah, because Rachel Nichols said this little tidbit, little pity pat stuff. That's pity pat to me. Yeah, she said what she said is wrong. Don't get me wrong, sports uh, sports talk AC listeners. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I stand for what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, she was wrong. But it needs to be more of an uproar for this stuff that really matters. Okay? It can't just be when a white cop is killing us or whatever. Then we want to, you know, be all up and rallying and stuff like that. This stuff needs to be going on in Chicago as well. That's the only thing I'm trying to say. Let's not focus on all the small stuff when it comes to this Black Lives Matter. It gets because it's still very sensitive and it's still going on. But when it goes on within our own community, that's okay. That's the only thing I'm trying to get at. Is that that that's okay? No, it's not okay, Lee. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I just I think there. I mean, I don't know personally, but I've seen it to where. Uh, in, in some of these documentaries that they do have marches down in Chicago in different places where there's black on black uh, violence. Even here in uh, in the Kansas City area, there's been such things of that nature, but it just doesn't get the news cycle as far as the news and the big news as far as CNN and MSNBC. It doesn't get those headlines because that's, that's not going to get people to watch the, the news, if anything, the thing that's going to get people to watch the news is just showing us, you know, I mean, I don't want to delve into this because it's, 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 it's a going off topic, but I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm throw in one thing. Yeah, we, we, can, we can go round and round on this. But Lee, you right. said it. You said it, Lee. Uh, BLM, I call them they're only going to show up when it's profitable. They're only going to show up. S.C. Jackson and Al Sharpton, they're going to stand in front of that black mother or that black family that was that may have been killed, son had may have been killed by a police officer. That's the only time they're going to show up. If it's black on black violence, like you said in Chicago and here, you will not see them. We had a conversation about this last year when a little boy got killed sleeping in his bed. Black Life Matters only shows up when it's profitable. That's why I don't back them. Yeah. They only show up. That's when you're gonna see them when it when a when a cop knee is on a black man's neck or he mistakenly kills a black woman, that's when you'll see Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So that's why. But yeah, it is people within their own communities within Chicago here that protest, and it doesn't get on that major scale because they don't have the the star like BLM. But like I said, they only show up when it's profitable, profitable for BLM. So do black lives really matter? Black lives matter? Or only when it's profitable for you guys? When you can go home through, when you get your $92 million and run and go move out there with the white folks. You're not even in community with us. Black Lives Matters leader. Where are you at? Yeah, that's a good point. So we, we, can, we can have another show on that. But let's move on. Like I said, we can talk about that all day. But one more little, little news tidbit, sports heads. We don't want to get off kilter here. The Suns are leading the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals. 2-0 Suns. Uh, the Greek Freak had two amazing games, but just can't feel sure. His team didn't show up to help him out. They have their third game tonight in Milwaukee. Fellas, what are your thoughts on this uh, on this finals thus far, and who do you think is going to come out victorious? Um, this is going to be short and sweet for me. Um, Phoenix Suns are up 2-0. Um, that was the nail in the coffin, I really do believe, um, by taking game two. Um, this simple. This series is simple. Milwaukee has never been in here. No, no, you know, the Phoenix has not been in here. They're both young. But the difference is, is that Phoenix has more of a nucleus. And 
the coaching is is that is very up to par with uh brother Monty down there in Phoenix, him and Chris Paul doing that thing. Look, Phoenix is his deeper. Um, they're more lethal behind the arc. Um, Milwaukee does not have that. Your start first two games just showed me that Giannis does not really have a supporting cast. He's going to get middle 10 one night, maybe one or two nights where, you know, Middleton just plays plays out of his realm. You know, um, um, Holiday is very consistent. Holiday seems to bring intensity and good game when he's at home. On the road, he's non-existent. So we shall see tonight, but um, I'm looking at the Phoenix Suns to take this thing in five because the first two games showed me Giannis is not going to do it by himself, number one. He can't do it by himself to overcome Chris Paul, Aiton in the middle, who's playing like a stud, a very young stud. This boy's looking like Akeem Olajuwon in that paint, and I just think that's what makes the Phoenix Suns so deadly. But you got D-Book as well and all the three-point shooters that they have. Simple cut and slice with me. Um, I still am going with Phoenix in in five, probably in four. If they win tonight, it's it's really going to be <laughs> where the broom's at. So, I'm like I said, uh, I was telling Beats this the other day, uh, I want Phoenix to win it. You know, um, at this point, I want to see uh, Monty, Monty Williams and Chris Paul after their second go around with each other, finally get their championship. You know, um, Milwaukee just doesn't just doesn't have enough. They may play lights out at home because they do, which they're eight and one this year in the playoffs at home. So they might steal a game or so here at home, but I'm going with five still. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Beach. Go ahead, brother. My bad. Yeah, I'll be quick. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Lee. Um, after watching game two, because I only watched the highlights of game one, but I mean, Giannis is playing his heart out, but like you said, um, his supporting cast is too in- in- inconsistent. And the only way I see uh, the Bucks getting a game or two is if Phoenix is off for two nights or just, you know, just because you, you mentioned that, you know, they're, they're lethal beyond the arc. So if they're not hitting those and they're just stone cold one game and just laying up bricks, building the house, then and then uh, Milwaukee and Giannis can uh, take advantage of that. I think they can steal a game or two, like you said, maybe at home since you said that. I didn't know that, but that makes sense to me. But I I just kind of want to push back on that DeAndre Aiden uh, uh, praise you were giving. Um from that game two, I was seeing. I've seen. I was seeing three sons in the paint, and uh, PJ Tucker or whatever his name is was getting rebounds. Some other guys was getting some rebounds over Aiden, and I. And that pushes me to cow when he's saying I like that that old school basketball where you just take over the paint, you get your rebounds and dunk it up. He seemed kind of weak to me in that game. Especially game two, this is what I'm uh, specifically talking about. But other than that, I, I do have the Suns winning the series. I don't know in how many games, but I still have the Suns. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Cal. I'm, I'm going to just kind of follow yeah. up a little bit what you said with about eight. Well, go ahead, Cal. Yeah, I was I was going to touch bases on uh, two, but uh, you got to take in consideration that uh, Milwaukee is long. Uh, you got Lopez out there. You got Greek Freak. P.J. Tucker is kind of undersized for a power forward, but uh, they're they're long, man. Um, so uh, for me, what Milwaukee needs to do, if you guys noticed in that last series against Atlanta when uh, the Greek freak wasn't on the court, he was hurt. They played better basketball without Giannis being on the court. So to me – they need to get to that facilitating and stop trying to run everything through Giannis. Giannis is going to get his. But let's get Chris Middleton going. Let's get Drew Holiday going. Brooke Lopez was a beast in that last series against Atlanta. Get Brooke Lopez. Oh, it was on Aiton. Because they don't have nobody else besides Aiton as a big man for uh, uh, Phoenix. 
get, get, get Lopez going in the middle. Like, play as a team. Stop trying to just play through Giannis. That's what they do when he's on the court. That's what throws me off. Don't just run your offense through Giannis because you got some cut shooters. Even Luke Lopez can get out there and shoot a three. And so, and yeah, you hit it right on the head. And 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 that's just what that's what's frustrating about Milwaukee. Those first two games I seen, like you said, Brooke Lopez had you know had a hell of a series, you know, to get lead up to these finals. They need the coach is not smart enough to know. He yeah. needs to run basically a little two-man triangle in that paint with Brooke and Giannis and let them three facilitators get their shots, get their running little teardrops, their little, you know, mid-range jumpers off. He's not smart. And Kendrick Perkins touched bases on that. When KP said the other day, Milwaukee is the dumbest team in NBA Finals history, I laughed at it at first, but it's true. The coach is not setting up anything nope. with them two powers. Mm-hmm. We're speaking about Giannis and Lopez. Like you said, they just have Aiton. Get him into early foul trouble. He needs to basically run plays, but the plays need to really – his sets need to really focus on Giannis and Lopez basically just running a two-man – just a two-man set each time down the court. He needs to have those guys running screens with each other or, or switching sides or something. He needs to do something to make Phoenix get on their heels a little bit, and he's not doing that. But I was going to say this about Aiton. The reason when Beat said the other night he looked kind of soft, he did. Um, no, he's not the luxury of a Shaq Diesel. You're never going to get that again. <laughs> that was, <laughs> I mean, what Superman did, the Diesel did, all his years in the league is monumental. We're never going to see that again as much as we may want to. Um, you're not going to get that from him. He reminds me, and that's why I said uh, the dream, Elijah Wan, uh earlier, and he reminds me of David Robinson as well. If you think about Akeem and David Robinson, no, they were never just Boston and, and really just moving shit out like, like the Diesel did all of his years. But they got those key rebounds in key situations. You know, yeah, they may not get those those hectic rebounds and take it right up with one hand, you know, like we've seen Shaq do. But they know how to get. He reminds me of David Robinson and Elijah Wine down there because he knows how to get his shots. He knows how to take high percentage shots and he gets those key rebounds. But, you know, I just want, that's what I wanted to touch on with eight. Milwaukee is, you know, is shooting themselves in the foot because like Cal said, they're not taking advantage of what Brooke Lopez can actually do down there, him and Giannis. There's nothing being set up for them two to eat down in that paint versus that one pillar that Phoenix has. And that's been the difference in this series. Yep. Yeah, it, it is a coaching uh, thing. It's a coaching thing because he coached that team totally different with um the Greek freak out versus with him being on the court. He was running all kind of he was running all kind of low screens and all kind of you know uh pick and rolls when Brooke Lopez. That's how Brooke Lopez got out. Stuff was designed and set up for Brooke Lopez to take those high percentage shots to get the ball real deep in the paint. It's, it's just vanished come these finals. <laughs> and Monty Williams and Chris Paul, Chris Paul ain't nothing but a coach on the floor at this point. Game two really showed me, oh, once he starts, you know, playing, <laughs> instead of just being a coach how he is on the floor, he's going to give you 30-plus. You know, Chris Paul is just a coach on the floor. That's all that is. And Monty, him and Monty is just making Milwaukee look very silly right now. <laughs> That's the only thing. So, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We shall see if the uh, Milwaukee Bucks can bounce back tonight. Uh, quick, real quick. Who take who takes Game Three tonight, Cal? I'm going to uh, Milwaukee at home. Beat you on that. You on that. You on that too. Yeah, I'm on that train. I think the NBA. You know, just from a money standpoint, I follow the money, buddy. Uh, you want to drag this thing out as long as possible. 
get those ratings, get that revenue coming in Milwaukee tonight, baby. Yeah, it all sounds fine. It all sounds real good and uh, very easy <laughs> what you guys are saying. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it interesting here at Sports Talk KC. Somebody got to be different. I think Phoenix really just kind of nailed that. Kind of nailed that. Nail that, you know, nail it down a little bit more in the coffin. <laughs> go against the narrative. And they go up 3-0 tonight because the coach of Milwaukee, I can't think of his name right now. Um, he does not have the he does he does not have the ability to adjust. It's just going to be the Giannis show. And they're going to try to do the Brooke Lopez thing tonight. They're going to try to do what I what I'm saying they need to do, but it's not going to be enough. Um, Crowder and uh, those boys are going to be hot up on, you know, behind that arc tonight. I'm going to the Phoenix Suns in a very close one, a nail biter. Might even go into overtime. But I think Phoenix takes a commanding 3 0 lead tonight and go against the narrative. And I think it's safe to say if uh, Milwaukee gets knocked out, that coach is done. I can't think of his name either, but. Uh... I, I think he he'll be at the end of his ten years in Milwaukee. Yeah. He he will be done because these finals, Kendrick Perkins Kendrick Perkins exposed exposed Milwaukee. Like I said, he called him the dumbest team in finals history, but he didn't knock him too too much. But he did say that you know he know he know that they're young. It's their first time, but this Phoenix first time, and they young too. Besides Chris Paul, so they pretty much on the same platform. That's Shit, Milwaukee, Milwaukee got more playoff games than uh, Phoenix at this point, though. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, exactly. The coach does not have the ability to draw enough stuff in his head to, to, to make his bigs eat and take over a game. He's not doing it for whatever he's for. I think where he's getting caught up at, he's trying to run, he's trying to run this through Middleton, Holiday, and Giannis, and it's not working. Brooke Lopez is going to have to come in and take over at some point. So, nah, he's just playing very predictable basketball right now, and Phoenix sees that. All right. Okay, sports heads, with that being said, uh, that does conclude another episode. We got uh, – um. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, that does conclude another episode of Sports Heads. I am Calvia. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as Calvia Beats. Yeah, you can find me at DBeats1492 on all social media platforms. We do appreciate you checking out the podcast. Make sure to follow us on your preferred uh, podcast platform. Follow us on uh, the Facebook uh, page, Sports Talk KC and uh, you know, interact and talk to us on our socials. If uh, they're checking for you, Lee, where can they find you? Lee86, I'm on the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Sports Talk KC page, Radham Jones. So, you know, um, like like Beats is saying, man, you know, follow, share, subscribe, you know, appreciate everyone. Appreciate, like I said, every show. Appreciate everyone for um, still rocking with us, still listening to us, and, you know, still just uh, supporting us. So, we appreciate that. I know I'm ready for some football. Yeah, yeah. It's coming, sir. In a couple of weeks, it's it's coming. <laughs> all right, all right. With that being said, we up out of here, sports heads. Yo, caught up in you that you really. If you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. Da, 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 da. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that, have to do that, the legacy stuff. Hallelujah. All right, boys, we're about here. In a minute. Peace.